Score Two with Miss Alice Butler Shore. How about you introduce yourself, please? Uh, okay, uh, I'll try to make it short. Um, my husband likes to say I came the long way from Tipperary because that's where <laughs> I was born in Ireland. Um, but I, um, uh, before I came here, I lived in London, England. I lived in uh, Hong Kong for 13 years. I lived in Canada for seven. And then uh, 37 years ago, I came here and married my husband and with him, uh, I was in uh, Singapore for four years when he was the attaché, the army attaché to Singapore. And I was, uh, we were in Somalia for two years when he was the U.S. military mission chief there. Uh, I have three sons. One is a federal agent and one is an active duty colonel. And one is Brian Butler Ow, who is quite a famous uh, manager for UFC champions. So you you're a superstar. You you're you guys are of a superstar lineage, apparently. Yeah. No. Let's let's just say perhaps I did some things right. They're yeah. all very successful. Yeah. They're Republicans and they're Christians. So, <laughs> and I have seven grandchildren. So how much more could I ask for? Well, I you know I like to think. I think I'm doing well, but now I just talked to you for a minute and 27 seconds, and I'm like, man, I got a lot to do. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's, so that's, the, the, that's kind of the family background for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I've been retired, uh, I've been, uh, well, I was always involved in, in helping others and, you know, doing whatever good I could in the world. I think that's part of our purpose here. And uh, I um, uh, became um, involved in politics, but never ever to the extent that I have been involved with President Trump. When <clears throat> when five years ago, I started a Virginia Women for Trump mm-hmm. and uh, three purposes to debunk the media myths that women didn't like him, bring women of all ethnic backgrounds together and merge our spirituality with our politics, which I think is so essential if we are to remain one nation under God. That's beautiful. Yes. We spoke on the phone the other, uh, about a week ago, a little over a week ago. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we we were we both kind of voiced the same concern, and it's you know I was just listening to a comedian who's my favorite comedian ever, Tim Dillon, who's the most like politically incorrect, not family friendly, but he's the funniest person you'll ever listen to in your life. Tim Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon, D I L L O N. Irish too. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. He always goes uh, into. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's he's insane. Um, yeah. But he had a good point. I was just listening to him before this. And he was talking about how, you know, certain things you just cannot talk about. And the one thing that makes me think of our conversation the other other week was election fraud. And it's very unique because although the episode I was listening to of him was from several months ago, but the, the concept or the idea remains the same. And it's that there are he talks. He's 36. I'm 30. So, I mean, roughly, you know, kind of the same age. I have, you know, older brother. So it kind of feels like grew up in the same kind of Irish Catholic family. He, New York, me, New Hampshire. So it's like, I kind of, I relate to a lot. And, um, but he said, do you remember growing up and, you know, the priests or like my, you know, Irish Catholic mother, don't you dare listen to Marilyn Manson. Don't you dare watch uh, Jackass. Don't listen to, you know, Blink-182. Don't watch the X Games. It was all these things that they were so sure 
we're going to turn us into little demons. And, like, yeah, there's a draw to it. You're little, and you're like, who's this guy, Johnny Knoxville? And they're riding skateboards. You know, and- I, I come from the days when Bill Haley and Elvis Presley were like, ooh, they were way out there. <laughs> evil, evil, right? It's- and not really, but just, uh, you know, she gone a little crazy, that type of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the concept r- remains the same, right? The um, yeah. the establishment and or the parenting units are, you know, Elvis Presley, rock and roll, or those Beatles talking about love, or, you know, it's all me growing right. up. It's Marilyn Manson. He was yeah. like, isn't it weird now how these, the things that are now the Elvises, the Marilyn Mansons, they're people like. Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson, these these tiny little you could you could knock them over with one fist. These pint-sized guys talking about conservatism. Those are the new, you know. Don't you dare listen to them. They are destroying your life. Oh and- my gosh, yeah, that that kind of surprises me, you know. Uh, but of course, my family, my entire family is conservative, mm-hmm. and um, they're not perhaps into it as much as I am. But I am so thrilled because I have a twenty-year-old grandson, and uh, he came to the rally with me downtown, and and he's very much he's very much into it. So I, you know, I'm happy about that because we can have com- uh, conversations. But um, I would never. I think it's only if you have a liberal parent that you would think that Ben Shapiro and these people uh, were people you shouldn't listen to. Mm -hmm. But if those liberal parents took a little time just to really listen, they would hear the message. But perhaps they don't want to hear the message. Yeah, it's it's so it's but it's just to me, it's it's kind of it's astonishing to it's like, what is the new counterculture? And it's. It's. I mean, it's. It's comical, is what it is. Is that mm-hmm. the new counterculture is this idea of like and you're nu- a good guy and you're conservative <laughs> and you you like everything that's good. Yeah, and yeah. It's like everything that's bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, everything that was that was good is now bad. Yeah, it's when I was growing up. Yeah, the evil was Marilyn Manson. It was like this guy that dressed like a demon and burned crucifixes. Yeah, he so, was. Yeah, and again, <laughs> and it's nothing I agree with, but man, it's a beautiful thing: freedom of speech and freedom of expression but it's like we can't allot that so i said all of that if you can't tell this podcast there is no defined we just kind of go crazy with it yes yes is so i said all of that to preface election fraud because now if you talk about election fraud there are stunning similarities to how big tech you could say or just i guess big platform even is that a term google youtube uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, kind of the, the Facebook. If you mention the words election fraud or uh, stealing an election or uh, election rigging, that will now result in instant bans or shadow bans in the exact same way that the CCP <laughs> controls uh, references to Uyghurs, uh, Tiananmen Square, and Taiwan, to where you can't even say the term anymore. I know. I mean, uh, just a thought that comes to me now, which is so funny. You know that Mike Lindell came out. Well, that's with what I was going to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, all my friends are saying, well, look what I got. They they took it off Facebook and they put this black screen that said it was uh, fact checked and it was taken off because of uh, uh, pornographic content. What? <laughs> I didn't. I'll, I'll see if I can. Um, okay. 
screenshot some of that and send it to you. I said, this is absolutely, absolutely nuts. Well, they did that to James O'Keefe of Project Veritas about a month ago. That's why I know you're telling the truth is because they took yeah. down one of his videos because they said it contained pornographic content. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Lindell. I mean, Michael, the my pillow guy, the big two. The my pillow guy. Yes, it's yeah. so. But that's you read my mind. It's um, I I was I was leading up to all of that to our phone call two weeks ago about election fraud, and now Mike Lindell's video yet. So today is Saturday, February sixth, two ten p.m. Eastern Time, twenty twenty one. For all future listeners, yesterday, Mike Lindell. I haven't watched it yet, as I told you beforehand. I'm not feeling too hot. But he put out a, a two or three hour documentary called Absolute Proof, and it's just about, you know, the theft of the election, of the 2020 election. That was scrubbed from, I mean, you took my thunder, scrubbed. Because what it did was it put all of the pieces together and it showed without a doubt that even without taking into consideration the Dominion servers and the fraud there, that he won the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you if you throw away the underage, the dead, you know, the illegal, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a, I, I never ever thought. But there's some things that are happening that are almost a, a little frightening, and uh, I'm digressing now because it comes to my mind. But this is the 60 day stand down that the new Secretary of Defense has ordered the uh, military to stand down for 60 days while they investigate uh, white supremacy in the military. I mean, this is like a communist purge. It is. So what are they going to, yeah. It is. What are they going to do? That's what it is. Well, to yeah. me, the important thing is, is who's defining white supremacy? Because there's always, right, it's when we say we have to, you know, it's... It's like if I come and I all last summer, you can go back to any episode and it's me kind of, you know, talking shit about, excuse my French, Antifa. And someone goes, oh, you're against Antifa. You know, Antifa stands for anti-fascist. So are you a fascist? Well, you can't just label things that right. I mean, Hitler called Hitler called uh, called killing the Jews cultural hygiene. Are you against hygiene? It's, you know, mm -hmm. so it's uh, on Reddit, which is uh, got a $300 million investment from the corporation Tencent. And Tencent is owned by the CCP. So Reddit is owned by the CCP. That's not an opinion. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's a disclosed fact. Mm -hmm. They have a, a bot. So I've been permanently banned from Reddit. But whenever I would post anything on Reddit um, critical of the CCP, just any, even as a passing joke, um, you would get this automatic reply from uh, the AEO bot, the anti-evil operations bot. And, yeah. well, well, why would I want, you know, if I ever tried to question it, it would be like, well, you're questioning the anti-evil operations? What are you, mm -hmm. evil? So that's what I have to look at is like, well, I'm like, who's defining evil? Who's defining Antifa? Who's defining white supremacy? What is white supremacy? Am I a white supremacist because I'm a white guy with blue eyes and an Irish Catholic with an American flag apologizing you're born with this color skin I mean what are we going to do about it I mean I would like a nice tan to be quite honest so would I, I I've worked years out and ruined my skin trying to get so did I. I, I. I went one summer trying to get tan, and I'm sure that's the summer that's going to kill me from skin cancer. Hey, I'm I'm with you. It's you know, it's not a great look, but it, it, it's but it's the ploy that they use. You know, how do we divide people? Mm -hmm. And 
uh, and you know it's every election they bring it up racism mm-hmm. racism racism it's gone beyond the pale now you know with uh, this uh, Taliba and Ilhan Omar mm-hmm. and I think you know that little girl I'd love to smack her because <laughs> <laughs> she was growing up in Somalia when I lived there and she should be kissing the ground here in the United States uh, you know in, in in gratitude that she's here and she has her freedom and let me tell you this she didn't have to wear her hijab that at that time in Somalia. Women were not running around with hijabs. There was the pictures on my wall here. They they wore a sort of a sarong, right? They covered their legs. That was it. So she belongs to the uh, the generation that perhaps became a little radicalized uh, when the war uh, came to uh, Somalia. We, we left uh, the end of 88 and it was just coming south. And so she got caught up in that. Lucky for her, she and her father got to a refugee camp in Kenya, then got to the land of the free and the home of the brave. And what is she doing? She's doing her best to make it, you know, the land of the oppressed and the land of the fear. Yeah. No, it's exactly what it is. It's yeah. It's you flee these areas. And then you come to a new place and try to turn it into the area you just left. They just passed something. Was it the Senate Judiciary Committee, or they, as of yesterday, or maybe two days? I think it was yesterday to no longer uh, recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's. But so the point is, is so I want to circle back to what you said about the communist takeover because. It is the exact. I mean, is it Khrushchev? We will take over the. We will take over the United States without firing a shot. I think it was Gorbachev. The communism will come to the United States, but the fra- the flag will be raised from within. This is this is how communism well, works. Although Gorbachev, he, I, he, I always viewed him as, you know, I view him as one of the good guys. Yeah. Does um, he 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 was so it's such a great relationship with President Reagan. Yeah. And really made changes mm-hmm. uh, um, in the um, now <coughs> Russia, and would have done more had President Reagan had eight more years. Yeah, yeah. But I think he was very, very disappointed in uh, uh, in the fact that um, uh, George H. W. Bush did not <coughs> move forward with him and, and help him with the help that he felt he needed to. Yeah. really bring about a democracy in in uh, russia yeah with uh, what were the term Gla- glasnost glasnost and perestroika yeah. he was making great strides you know he opened up the churches he uh did you know that he uh, um uh, gave state funerals to the um the the czars and you know those people who had been murdered yeah i don't know that yeah of mm-hmm. uh, Nicol- uh nicholas uh you know, I don't know the names, but I, you know, when I was there, I learned that that yeah, he he, he brought them back, gave them state funerals. The murders from like nineteen seventeen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Czar Nicholas and his whole family. I didn't know that. That's an interesting fact. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, is is so a communist purge, a communist takeover? If we, I mean, to me, is just it's so utterly apparent that that's what happened and so my question is this and not not that you know the answer i guess it's the trillion dollar answer is 
does the military and the military intelligence complex with 17 or I think 18 now at the Space Force intelligence agencies who have their finger on everything and can read your emails from 1999. Did they watch this whole thing go through? Because mind you, election interference, like let's not let's not make any bones about it. We do that all the time and we've been doing it for decades since Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. So we know how it's done. Yeah. So with our all pervasive technology, satellite feeds, the NSA, just hyper advanced monitoring, dragnet surveillance, right? Edward Snowden, X key score, echelon, stellar winds, they pick up everything. And then also with us just having the blueprint, because you know, we we kind of invented this, how to do it to other nations. To me, it brings up this it's something where it doesn't it doesn't click right it's 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 but i think that you know people say have said to me you know why doesn't the military do something i mean we have to understand that the military uh does what it are they do what they are told yeah they follow the orders from the commander in chief no matter what he says, they said send you know thirty thousand people to uh, uh, for the inauguration. That the, the yeah, fake inauguration, whatever you like to call it, in Washington D.C. to protect nobody. Yeah, I mean I was down there a few days ago, and there's this wall with barbed wire all around the Capitol, and these poor guys standing inside the inside in the freezing cold, trying to keep warm. There's nothing to guard against. There is no danger there's nothing it's all a charade so the military takes its orders from the commander-in-chief and unless we're going to uh, have a military coup which i i i doubt would ever happen that's it i mean this guy this civilian comes in now and he decides that the military is uh, is still premises so he says stand down for 60 days we're going to have a, this big investigation they found an email that had mega on it or something like that and it's it's like the world the world has gone crazy i could have imagined waking up in somalia and even singapore wonderful place but you know soft dictatorship i could have imagined waking up anywhere in the world in any of the seven countries i've lived in or six of them here and have this happen but not here in the united states i mean we have always felt that uh we have our constitution and we have our constitutional rights and and we're just okay but we're not because we have been stripped of them and they have used they've weaponized COVID. Mm-hmm. oh 100 percent yeah, 100%. And you will, uh, so I say that. What does that mean? She's a little wacko. You're a right? white supremacist. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, stay away from those vaccines. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now she's even worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have the right to an opinion. They bring people out to prove that our opinions are irrelevant or are incorrect. But when it comes to um, back to COVID and vaccines and everything, there are as many experts who will tell you the opposite of what uh, of what they are telling us. And uh, it's the whole when they said shut down for two weeks, I said. It's not going to stop there. No, no, it, it never does. You, you yeah. can't. Yeah, you can. But President Trump was was backed into a corner because you know, uh, then if if ten people died, it would have been on his. The mm-hmm. blood would have been on his head. You know, they've used every tool they possibly could. 
but I still believe that we're going to be okay. Because guess what? President Trump hasn't gone away. He's quiet. But the lion, when he crouches, is planning something, right? I love so, that. So we're going to be, he's, he's going to come back uh, in some in some way. Um, this, they, uh, they don't dispute that 74 million voted for him. We can. We know it was more, probably more likely 84, 90 million. Those people are still in this country. Mm-hmm. Right now, everybody's just, what do we do? Where do we go from here? And I just say, look, be patient. Mm-hmm. Let this play out for a little longer. Mm-hmm. But um, great believer in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good. And out of this terrible dilemma, uh, God will bring something good. I and, truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I and do. I don't know when it will happen. Yeah. But it depends on us. It depends yeah. on you, and it depends on me. Yeah. And if we if we're down in the weeds, bemoaning. Give it to some extent, we'll get nowhere. We got to rise above it. We got to we got to function. At, I like to say at a higher frequency, mm-hmm. right? Because the darkness is here. Yes, it's light is here, right? Yeah. yeah. So stay up there. You know, get off the sofa, do something. Yes. Um, uh, stop reading every conspiracy theory that comes. Don't, uh, it'll drive you insane, and I know I know insane. firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, um, I have um, I have some very um, good friends, and uh, you might say in high places. So people say to me, "Oh, what are you learning of?" I said, "Absolutely nothing," because you can guess what? Nobody. If somebody like my husband, when he was working, if you have a top secret clearance. You're not telling anyone anything. Yeah. So if you're out there dropping little stuff, then you know you're just a blowhard. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all of these people out there saying, "Oh, I know somebody in you know high up in intelligence," they're not going to tell you anything if they're anybody. They're not. You're talking yeah. some low level person who knows nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to tell you anything. I have guys on here all the time with TSSCI clearances, top secret, secure, compartmentalized information. I always try to, t- when we're not recording, when I'm on the phone, I'm like, hey, can you tell me about this, that, and the other thing? Now, I don't. It's not even that they just say, no, I can't tell you. They just deny that whatever I'm saying even exists. They're like, oh, I have no idea. Because that's the yeah. poker face they have to have. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I, I think um, those who think they have taken over have not taken over. Uh, we still have uh, the elections in uh, twenty twenty two. Will be the, that will be well, they be really really significant because at least when uh, uh, when I don't say if. When we take back the majority, we'll stop them in their tracks. So my concern with that, and this is what I voiced to you on the phone, was um, I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm normally someone that like no matter what, I'm like, where's the silver lining? There's no benefit. And there is no benefit in being negative. There's none. No. Um, I mean, I'm, it's, it's almost been seven years since I lost my older brother to suicide. 
there's no point in in dwelling on that was terrible what could i have done how can i have fixed it it's evil the world sucks there's pure there is no benefit in that i only try to and my brothers say the same thing when we talk we only look at okay what did it teach me it taught me that life is short it taught me to go take risks it taught me to not you know wait until the right time because the right time might not come it's i only look at the positives because there is no benefit and i'm not saying be ignorant of like realities but there's no benefit in focusing on that so so it's like i used to say to my boys growing up i had a saying okay they come to me with a problem i'd say okay now you've uh, told me the problem let's focus on the solution yes Yes, because there's no there's no point in just oh it's all it's it. Well, my first thing would be: is this life threatening? <laughs> is this life threatening? No. Okay. All right. Is it time sensitive? Is it life threatening? Is it time sensitive? Yeah. Are you going to jail? None of those. Okay, we're good. But it's yeah. so I say all that to say there is something that maybe I've met my match. Maybe it's a silver bullet that's destroyed my optimism, but. You know, it's 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 one thing if, hey, you know, y- your candidate doesn't always win. Sometimes you lose, right? Tomorrow's the Super Bowl. Someone's not going to win, and it's going to suck. And you know, you you know, oh, it was rigged. It was hey, but sometimes you just got to go. Hey, let's prepare for the twenty twenty one season. Let's get better. With this, uh, it's very difficult for me to just go, hey, let's come back in 2022. Yeah, it's because, very, very difficult. You see, we did this, you know. Because uh, it's rigged. Is yeah, the actual yeah. system rigged? I, I, I worked to try to get Romney elected. And uh, the night before the election, I was at a, a rally at the George Mason University. And, I mean, we were all hyped up because, you know, we thought he was moving into the White House. And, of course, he was a perfect candidate except for putting the dog on the top of the car or whatever he did. <laughs> That's most of today, right? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, now, now I do not. I have absolutely no respect for that. Evil. But uh, when he lost, we were kind of in the fetal position for about a week. And thinking, oh my gosh, how could this have happened? And uh, but but you move on. But it's never been the country has never been in such danger as it is today. It's never been in such danger of a and we use the word communist and that makes every you know they'd like us to say socialism. No socialism, socialism. We used to talk about. Uh, creeping socialism, right? Well, with uh, Obama, it became galloping socialism. And now, you know, we really are into communism. Mm -hmm. With with the... um, uh, Censorship. Mass censorship. Censorship, the shutting up, the... It's... um, Yeah. Uh, You know, um, I had... uh, And stop me if I'm veering off, but... whatever. uh, wrong direction but i had an event at the supreme court outside the supreme court on january 5th and it was wonderful i had uh, roger stone i had steve moore i had uh, alex jones and i had a whole lot of you know very very wonderful women from uh, all over the nation i i started 
I started these uh, women for Trump groups, not just women for Trump, because that's that was just something up there, you mm-hmm. know, out emails and they have a bus sure. or whatever. What the hell did excuse me? Sure. What the hell did they do? Nothing, you know. We were the boots on the ground people, and they loved the identification with their own state, and the campaign actually tried to uh, try to push back on us because they just wanted women for Trump up here. But people loved having, uh, never could find anyone in New Hampshire, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, Connecticut women, Michigan women, Virginia women, Alabama women, Colorado women, um, California women, and they all loved having that identity uh, with their own state. And so anyway, they, they were there and the um, whole theme of it was more like a prayer rally um uh, one nation under god and so the uh, we had great speakers uh, we prayed we sang hymns and it was fantastic i had three um guys from california they run the american phoenix project and uh, i had met one of them and he said oh we'd love to come kind of east meets west you know take part in this they came um grassroots uh, organizations like mine don't fundraise we don't have money so they got a donor to pay for the um the, the um, microphone which mm-hmm. was fantastic well they two of them gave speeches and if you were on the left and looking for a problem you would say oh that was incendiary they talked about fighting to the death you know but that's speaking metaphorically right that's what we all do you know we're never going to give up you know you know blood on the streets but does that mean we're going to go out there with machetes and keep everyone up no so anyway 602 a.m at about eight or nine days ago uh 100 agents arrived at his house 30 in full tactical in one house at one house uh, 30 in full tactical gear, battering rams, broke down, took every door in the house off the hinges. This is a 5,000 square foot house. Three little kids, six, three, and six months old, even broke through the door where the six month old was sleeping. Um, set off, uh, is it, do you call them flame bombs? Flashbang. Whatever. whatever, yes. Flashbang. Yeah. I mean, really loud, blew out every window in the house, held the dad outside the front door in handcuffs, in his flip-flops for two hours before they gave him a search warrant, all as a result of complaint from liberal neighbors who knew he was a, a passionate Trump guy. So they took away two computers, all his phones and all his Trump gear, including the big hat that he loved. What? No charges. No charges. Because there is nothing. There was nothing. What? what? Yeah, you're astounded. Wait, what? Is it... So what? What? What was? What? So who called? They just they called and said he's a Trump supporter. Yeah. Yes. If your neighbor, if you're <laughs> on a funnier level, I have I have neighbors up the street, you know, and they uh, after January sixth. Uh, 
wrote a letter and you know so this is a this just requires a yes or a no answer do you approve uh, of the uh, um insurrection that your president incited yesterday and i thought a lot of things i wanted to say i held back the irish and me and i didn't <laughs> i didn't respond but back to california this was so that's all that i have suffered in the um i just got a i had the trump 2020 magnets on my front door double door out there and i kept them up until two days ago until i, I kept getting repetitive letters from the homeowners association you could, could hardly you couldn't see them from the road but it's my neighbor this is the this is the stupidity but what happened to ross is much is much worse and that was because of neighbors and those neighbors were outside cheering on saying we don't want nazis in the neighborhood when this was all going down simultaneously dale was on the highway the other guy who was a former marine uh in the uh, police officer of 25 years former police chief six suvs surrounded him and they said well you know the drill because they knew his background even took the belt off his jeans and made him wear a mask and kept him there for two hours while they uh took his uh, vehicle apart no charges just because this is this is neighbors this is this is what happens in, in communism yeah neighbor against neighbor this is exactly what happens in communism it's we don't want nazis in the neighborhood the exact I thing nazis did were informed yeah remind me to send you that article it's out please do i'm actually interviewed by the um by the reporter so my name's in the article and i think oh my god good good so don't in, don't yeah. don't don't bend over to them don't because there's well, no I, you know they're welcome to come and talk to me but please don't come in and destroy my house yeah no don't 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 bend over to them don't because it, it never there is no winning that way the, the idea if we if we give in if we just you know if we just but then you see that this could turn you against like say the fbi but these guys they were given a story by those neighbors that led them to believe that there was this very dangerous domestic terrorist in that living in that house so they that's what they came for and but i think they could have taken it a little cooler they didn't have to you don't you don't have to agree with your neighbor man if your neighbor is if my neighbor is pro biden or pro aoc like hey great agree to disagree right it's fine it's fine yeah so we took so we took our i took my two decals off the front door and i said you know what i think i'll go out and buy six biden signs and stick them out there and see what happens <laughs> yeah right dude yeah hide behind probably nothing shit hide behind their image maybe i should just start openly supporting biden and then just going on with everything i say hide behind there so the the odd and, and that's what's terrifying to me is mike lindell yesterday was apparently brought away to, i didn't know i always thought mike lindell was worth like a couple million i looked up i didn't know he was worth 300 million that's awesome but as uh, a side note is i know him well and he is a wonderful guy you know him well Yes, I know him well, and you, he will be coming to speak at the, um, for the, uh, this would have been the fifth annual, but it'll be the fourth annual because we missed last year because mm-hmm. of COVID, but the fifth annual um, birthday celebration for President Trump at the Trump uh, International Hotel 
in June. It will be on June 13, fingers crossed that masks will be off and doors will be open. And it's been a, an amazing event. We've uh, we filled the uh, the presidential ballroom with about you know over 900 mostly women. We do allow some men men, but it's mostly women, and they wear you know the it's afternoon tea, so they wear their hats and dress up. It's a fun time. I have I always bring in really um, really good speakers and some entertainment, and it's. Uh, it's just a great, almost a, it's a weekend because uh, I get a special rate at the hotel and all these women, women come from all over. And, and so this is part of what I do uh, and have done with the grassroots. And on a smaller scale, I mean, I've had things at the IHOP and at a Chinese restaurant, uh, but you need to do those things to keep uh, to, um, to keep the enthusiasm going and to make the grassroots feel like like they have a home because you have uh, the Republican Party and then and you have Republican women's clubs and I'm president of one but everybody doesn't want to join uh, one of those clubs and um, they're just out there they want to do the work they want to they they want to be engaged and having uh, a kind of umbrella organization like I have uh, has, I think, been, been very, I don't know if you Googled me, but if you have, you've seen a lot. I have, and I, I, I like it all, which is why I'm having you on. I don't, this is a one-man show. I don't have to have on. I always tell this to guests. No one, no one tells me which guests I can and can't have. I find all of them, and I have them on. So if you're on here, it's because I want you on here. <laughs> Uh, remind me, I have uh, I have someone you should have on. Her name is Claire Lopez. Okay. And I had her for our Republican Women's Meeting a couple of weeks ago, and people, oh, because Let me write it down right now. Uh, um, Claire C L A R E Lopez L O P E Z, and um, boy, if you want an education on. Uh, you, I'm sure you know everything, and I did too. But you know how it is when somebody pulls it all together with you, for you and says, starting with this book, and you should read this book mm -hmm. and this book, this book. Of course, we all go back to Saul Alinsky. That's yeah. the yeah uh, rules for radicals. Yeah. That they have for it, but she recommends others, and she'll. Uh, she's so interesting. So I think um, I, I'll uh, I'll put you in touch with her, and you should have her on. Please do. Um, is do you think there's do you think there's any way you could get Mike Lindell to do five minutes? I could, yeah, I'm sure, but maybe not at this very moment. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I'll talk to him. Please, do um, it. that would be amazing. He's inundated right now. Um, uh, well, apparently, he received a bunch of death threats yesterday after his documentary, and has been whisked I, to a quote secure location. Yeah, yeah, and at some point, I'll probably get General Flynn for you. Uh, you can get General, General Flynn. Yeah. Are you are you pulling my talking, leg? No, I was talking to him yesterday. Don't no. don't tease me, Alice. No, no, I, I I'm kind of part of the family, but I don't flaunt it. <laughs> you can't uh, tell. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, okay, I need to calm down, uh, collect I'll myself. More names for you, Steve Moore, the former um, senior economic advisor to the president. Steve Moore. Yeah, maybe Roger Stone. Roger, uh, you. 
if I'm, I feel like I'm going to wake up any second now. I'm going to wake <laughs> up and I'm going to have a text from you like, let's get the podcast started. I'm going to be like, it was all a dream. I that would I would cry. I'll give you, I'll I would, give you a list. I'll give you a list. Please uh, do. Can we speak? Yeah. Okay. Um, gotta calm down, compose myself. Yeah. With and, uh, you know th- th- this because uh, there's a great opportunity for you to educate people. Yes, ma'am. With uh, with all of these with all of these people uh, who um, are really you know they're on the inside and they're the experts and they all of the di- come from a different sort of perspective. So I want to show you. I'll have to hold the, the camera up. Uh, so I track on an Excel spreadsheet because I I was pre-med i got into medical school so i'm very like hyper analytical mind when i started this podcast in december 12 2019 i started manually tracking a lot of parameters subscribers views watch time impressions and not on just on youtube but also on BitChute, rumble spotify all these different things just because i don't trust the metrics they're like if that they can be manipulated so i take the metrics for instance youtube says i get every day i can go in i can look at what's my total number of views and i enter that manually i keep it on my own like external hard drives mm-hmm. you can see i don't know how well it's going to come through but that's my subscriber count and it's you can see where it plateaus is november 3rd the yes. day of the election it jumps up again because I uploaded a video from January 6th. It jumped up and then the video is removed and it plateaued again. But for everybody watching, you can see how nine months, it, it, it took me about nine months to get to about 600 subscribers. I then started to get a stratospheric rise, started taking off. And then over the next like two months, I tripled my subscriber counts. I was like, it's happening. The, the, the podcast is finally paying off. And then you can see November 3rd, horizontal, no new subscribers. January 6th, spikes up from that video, horizontal subscribers. And to me, that is it because that there is a topic that you can't talk about. Like, look, I get if you don't like Donald Trump, that's fine. More power to you. Great. For, that's, that's what's wonderful about this country is you can vote for whoever you like. That's amazing. That's wonderful. If you don't like him, that's fine. If you don't like me, you don't have to watch. That's a beautiful thing. But the very idea that there is a topic that you can't even talk about, you know? Right. Yes. That's what th- terrifies me. Well, I think that uh, something else comes into play here that uh, people uh, just became jaded because there were podcasts and videos and, and everything, people coming in, you know, with with uh, all different information and people just started to tune out and didn't, you know, I get things and I don't, I'm not even going to listen to that, right? So maybe, um, maybe you have to reinvent the wheel just a little bit and start uh, like for instance if when you have Claire, we're going to talk about when communism started in this country mm-hmm. and how it evolved and this person is you know has an amazing she's former cia has an amazing background and um you you really need to listen to this yes. and I guarantee people say oh my gosh who are you going to have next yes and so 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 do it um, build your um, viewership uh, that uh, that way 
I'm sure they'll all think I was very interesting, but... <laughs> I've loved this episode enormously. I love having someone on that just... they I, yeah. Not only, you know, it's... You know, everyone likes to have someone on that they agree with. Like, you know, that's an easy thing. But, um, hmm. it, no, it's interesting talking to you because you, you kind of see all the same things I see. These are the, the creeping socialism to the galloping socialism. It just... It just... It, it's this insidious... Because the thing is, is these these regimes these ideologies there's a reason why they take time to be put in place and it's because they're so evil and insidious to human nature there's a reason why between between 1920 and 20 or between 1900 and 2000 there's over 100 million deaths from communism all right that's 16 times or 16 yeah 16 and a half times the number of people killed in the holocaust there's a reason why it takes time to implement those things because if you just brought them in full stop as they were there would be an immediate revolution you have to put them in piece by piece slowly over decades because once you're in them you can't vote them out you can't you can't vote out a hitler Hitler has to be killed because they're surrounding Soviet armies. You can't vote out uh, an imperialist dictator. You have to nuke their cities. You can't vote out a Saddam or a Gaddafi. You have to kill them. Yeah, but our, you know, the the what we're facing in this country uh, is more than getting rid of just uh, one one leader because it is the ideology mm-hmm. and it's liberal ideology. <clears throat> they use that to get around our constitution. Whereas we as conservatives want to protect our constitution. And with their ideology, the whole idea of keeping God out of it, mm-hmm. they we believe in um, freedom of religion, mm-hmm. not freedom from religion, mm-hmm. of religion. Go to church, go to the mosque, go to the synagogue, go yeah. to the temple, go wherever you like. That is your prerogative. Um, but they they want God out of the public square, period. Why? Because then, who controls? Yeah, who is your great power, right? They control, yes. yes. Then you take down the picture of Jesus Christ or the cross and you put their picture up. Chairman there. Mao, yeah. <laughs> We've seen it ha- happen all over the world. Yes. Especially if you've, if you've traveled or, or lived anywhere else. Yes. You know what it's all about. So this is this is why my push has always been, you know, one nation under God. That doesn't mean that you, you know, the, you have to... Um, Judeo-Christian. Or- the Judeo-Christian values. Uh, and okay, you, ha- you have... Um, uh, you know, we have evangelicals. We have... Um, uh, Protestants, we have Catholics, but uh, you're not pushing any of it. But there's just one. There's one God. There's one God, and you and you know once the respect for God is there, and once you realize and 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 believe that you're, we talk about our God-given rights. Freedom is our God-given right, mm-hmm. and we cannot allow we cannot allow anyone to take. Uh, that from us, and and we won't. Yeah. I'm confident it will not happen. So am this- I. It's mm-hmm. and, that, and that's beautiful. It's freedom of religion, and it's that's the thing is it's it's whoever you want to praise. That's fine. It's it's because when you remove that higher power, and and I'm not saying that you have not nor am I saying you have to believe in a higher power. If you don't, that's fine too. But the idea that 
It's not it's not the Judeo-Christian God. It's not the Old Testament God. It's not Yahweh. It's not Christ. It's not Buddha. It's not Allah. Or I should say it's all of them or any of them or whatever you want. But when you remove that, nature abhors a vacuum. You bring in a new power like we're seeing right now. Again, Tim Dillon. Nature's God. That's how they. It's referred to in our, you know, in, in uh, that's how the founding fathers referred to it. Nature's God. Yeah. And um, we, if we forget that, um, like um, President Reagan said, we're a nation gone under. You're not yeah. a. You're not. A, if we're not a nation under God. We're a nation gone under. Yeah, but that's. I think that, that was one of the greatest. Uh, things he ever said i haven't heard that but that's wonderful i'd never heard that that's beautiful um but i mean we see it right now right again and the, the thing about and i always i always talk about tim Dillon on here is tim Dillon is a very traditionally like liberal guy and it's and it's funny because i end up quoting him a lot but he was like the reality of covid right now he's like this isn't some like right-wing conspiracy he was like the reality is this is that they have, by removing your ability to work, they've removed your ability to make money. And thus, you have to wait on a stimulus check. This is socialism. This is communism. Thomas Jefferson, a government powerful enough to give you everything is powerful enough to take everything away. And I think that quote gets uh, mis I guess, interpreted a lot. I used to think of it when I was younger. I was like, oh, a government's strong enough to give you everything is strong enough to take it away. Like, they can remove it. It's not that. And like Margaret Thatcher said, you know, it's equal misery for all. Yeah. Yeah, right. The problem with socialism is you run out of other people's money. Mm -hmm. But I now look at the Thomas Jefferson quote as not necessarily that a government big and powerful enough to give you things is big and powerful enough to take it away. But rather, let's say, let's say... Miss Butler Short is my mother, and let's say you are giving me an allowance every day. Someone powerful enough to give me an allowance every day, by definition, has the power to just say, I'm "Not giving it to you today." There you is mean, now a oh, yeah. You're not getting well. How many times when you're not a mother? But yeah, we all, all of us were mothers. Now, okay, you're not getting getting any allowance this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's you. You control that. You're not getting it this week. That is right. the power. So. Well, I always gave in at the 11th hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The moms always give in. The dads don't. The dads don't face. But we're seeing that, right? With, with COVID, you can't work. You can't do this. And they're now taking uh-huh. everything away and they're giving it back. You can fly if you have a vaccine. Yes, I have the saddest story. And I don't know if you can see it here, but uh, there's a Vietnamese restaurant. Um, I'm very close with the uh, Vietnamese community yeah. and, and kind of brought them all together for Trump. By the way, uh, Ms. Short, we can go over an hour, by the way. I just kind of throw that out there beforehand as like a general time for people. We can go over. It doesn't matter. I'm fine. You just tell me stop whenever you no, want. No, no, no. I'm going to stop when you stop. So sorry. Continue with the story. The Vietnamese uh-huh. uh, restaurant. But anyway, uh, he was just so, so wonderful to us uh, when we wanted to have meetings or dinners that didn't cost too much because, like I said, we we didn't fundraise, so we couldn't fund anything. And um, his his name is Vin. He fled to the jungles uh, from his home during communism. Then he got on a boat. The boat sank. He held on to a piece of wood. He doesn't know how long. All he knows is that, that he woke up in a um, 
hospital in Malaysia, a refugee hospital, and he was burned. Even his hair was burned off. So there's, he, um, I said to him last week, I want you to write your story. He said, I can't, it's too sad, but I will tell you. So I will, I'll get more uh, details about that. So then he comes to this country, marries, has four children, works like crazy as all the Asians do, uh, you know, had his restaurant, the American dream, COVID, gone. He was evicted last Sunday. Saddest, saddest, uh, 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 you know, one of the saddest days of, uh, of my life. Uh, he has nothing left nothing he couldn't he, uh, the um, you know once the door is locked um, you can't get back in and take anything out he knew it was coming but I think he got his stress level became so high that he couldn't deal with anything other than just walking away and um, he said to me I'm trying to pull his picture up oh, yeah, yeah. he said to me um, he said, first he said to me last Saturday, he called me, he said, uh, do you know a church? I let them take everything and, and maybe they can sell it and help somebody else. Look at this man, he's about to lose everything. And he's talking about helping somebody else. I, I, just incredible. And and then as we, I saw him, uh, went over to see him and as we talked, he said, you know, he said, we're both people. We don't look back. What a, what a profound statement, right? It's insane. Um, I was going to say, uh, Mogadishu, Somalia, we talked about uh, Black Hawk Down in the book. In the book. Ah, oh, my gosh. I could never watch that movie. It's, I could not. If I saw the trailer on TV, I had to go to another room. That upset me so much, so yeah, much. It, it is. It's it's an upsetting story. Uh, a quote from the book of the pilot, Michael J. Durant, who I had on this podcast, episode 95. Yes. He, yeah. uh, he wrote a book in the Company of Heroes, which is a completely different uh, style book than Black Hawk Down. It's all about his experience. But the point is, I say all of that to say there was a quote in it where he the obviously the, the two Delta Force snipers, uh, Randy Shukart and Gary Gordon, uh, defended him until their deaths. They both received posthumously the Medal of Honor. Uh, Can it, you it, it's your text. It, uh, oh. I think your text came up. Okay, my text came up. Uh, I had the picture up there. You're fine. Um, but. In the in the book, so uh, Mike Durant, when he came back to the United States, he spoke to the wives of the uh, the fallen snipers, and um, he had a great quote in it. And it's it, it's back to what you said about don't look back. It's um when they at you know they asked him like you know what were their final moments like? Is that him? Yeah. Can you see it? Yes, ma'am. Can you see the sadness in his face? It it it's brutal. Brutal. I mean, I, I, I look at it now and I cry. I, I, I better not cry, but I can cry it's, when I look at it even now. But I have started a GoFundMe for him. Really? And it, yes, it's on uh, Virginia Women for Trump Facebook page, which is a public page. And uh, I'm saying to people, look, $5. Yeah. $5 from you, from then from your friend, from your friend's friend and your friend's friend. You know, it can... It can increase and multiply, yeah. and 
there are tens of thousands like him out there, but let's try to help one. Yeah, send me send me the link to the GoFundMe, and I'll post it on here. And, I will. Yes. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, the people that mm-hmm. listen to the podcast can help. I mean, I I can. Yeah, afford I've $5. written the story within the GoFundMe. If they click on it, they they'll they'll they will read uh, his story. Uh, so that's. Um, well, I, I can. I'll also. I can like edit like a small clip from this podcast of the story. Um, it's, but that's incredible that he's moving. F- the 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 quote from um, I think it was Randy Shukart's wife. It might have been Gary Gordon's wife, but it was. I I explain things in a in a long roundabout way, but the quote was is, it's okay to look back, just don't stare. And yes. It's, oh my gosh! Yes. Isn't that good? It is. Yes. It's okay to look back, but just don't stare. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, it's, as I kind of said earlier in, in more words, um, it's, it's like how I view the passing of my brother. Like, look back, don't stare. Mm-hmm. And it's not, doesn't mean forget, that doesn't mean ignore. It's just, hey, mm-hmm. there's, I still have, a, I would like to think, I still have a lot of life ahead of me, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, me too. I lost my, my sister last year. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. You, 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 you can't, because if you stare, you just really go, you get you really sucked go in. Down. Yeah, it's sucked in and it starts to steal. How I always look at it is like, man, like I know if my brother was here right now, I think he would smack me. If I was like, you know, he'd be like, dude, you're 30, like you have a cool podcast. Like, don't don't lose like your current life thinking about me. Like, don't, you know, don't if you're at a really cool party, you don't waste time at that party thinking about a party last year. No, you enjoy the party now. You look around and there's beer and wine and there's guys and girls and it's just like you don't waste that current party thinking about an old party. You right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's you have to keep on uh, manifesting your uh, your life, your yeah. future, whatever you think you want. And that's sort of something that came to me in the midst of all this. You know, we we uh, I've always believed in. Okay, you you pray with thanksgiving, so you say thank you God as though you've already received it. But then I replace the word manifest with thanks, uh, because really oh. we stay in when we stay at that yeah. God frequency, we can manifest anything. I like that into His will. We talked so, about that on the phone, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Short and I, I keep forgetting that my that everyone on the podcast wasn't sitting in on that phone call. <laughs> Is we talked about that though about um, meditation and and uh, kind of the mystic and you don't see that a lot with current uh, Catholicism or even Christianity is the whole mystic side uh, of it. They, they they I think they missed the point that that Jesus was the greatest mystic who ever walked this earth. Oh yeah, because this guy going around you know healing the sick, uh, Lazarus raises rises from the yeah. from the dead. You know that the loaves and fishes. You know. Uh, I used to say that actually when when I had the three boys because they'd bring all the friends home in <laughs> the fish and the bread. <laughs> because we never ran out of food. <laughs> you know, I was I was for a time um, a single parent. My um, my late husband uh, was Chinese, so my my boys are half Chinese, handsome hunks. <laughs> <laughs> Irish and Chinese, great combination. Oh, a beautiful combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 
but yeah. we did talk about that is the is the mystic side of and that's one thing that kind of dawned on me uh, the last couple years is at least in my mind i started to realize i was like oh jesus was more like buddha than he was this idea of this like strict you know irish catholic priest it was like no he was more of that very yeah it's that right it's that mystic spiritual brought up uh, you know in the in the uh in the old catholic way i mean there was heaven and hell and that's and it you're working real hard not to go down you go you got one or the other right it's it's there's no there's no prey and mysticism and there's life and beauty and consciousness and every molecule yeah, it's you had the you had the act of contrition but yeah. did you you never heard of the act of perfect contrition. No. No. And that was very Irish. This is way back. Cause, you know, I'm very old. Well, no. Well, I remember the act of contrition. I remember having. I remember was, praying well, every night. I don't know whether it was invented by one of the nuns who taught me or whatever. But it, it was the act of there were you you were, you had to you were to say an act of perfect contrition. And I'd lie in bed at night and I think, now oh, how can I do that? Not that I committed any dreadful sin during the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I used. To, this is funny because I used to think. If I can squeeze out a little tear, maybe, maybe. God would believe me that this is the <laughs> I'm sorry. Right? It's yeah, I remember the first can right I would try to force out a couple of tears. I mean this was in all sincerity because I wanted to be I yeah. wanted to be a good girl. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I, woke, I you know, I went into the church every day and I walked down the cemetery and I thought, well, I'm good, I might see the Virgin Mary, but yeah, and that's it. <laughs> right? Yeah, and you, and you start to feel bad. I remember my first confession. I was right, like I think it was second grade when we did it. It was before our first communion. Oh, that's easy. That's yeah. easy. What I did, did, we had the examination of conscience. Mm -hmm. I decided it backwards and said I did everything. I covered all the bases. Well, I, see, I remember going in. I think I was in Arkansas at the time. I was at St. Saint, Saint Joseph's. Yeah, I think that's the school I was in. I was second grade, so this would have been like 98, maybe 97. And I yeah. remember going in, and I was like, I was... And the thing is, is like, I don't think I've done anything wrong, but I was like, I don't want to say nothing. So I remember I just made up a bunch of like petty crimes. I was like, I stole crayons. I like, I was like, I stole Legos. I, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I just because I was just because I was like I don't want to say nothing, right? You know, we can laugh about it now, but when I think I'm back, terrified. It, yeah, but Catholicism gives such a great foundation mm -hmm. to children, yeah. and it really gives a and and the discipline that comes with it okay. is great. So in the end, it really whether you stay in the church because you. Um, uh, I'm not a frequent church goer, but uh, th there's a sanctity in the um, Catholic Church that you don't find in the Christian churches now because they all think they want everyone to come. So the pastor's up there and he's cut off jeans and his T-shirt and there's a rock uh, concert yeah. going on. Oh, dear Jesus, where am I? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, trying, to <laughs> they're, yeah, they're trying to appeal to the masses, right? It's... <laughs> It's, so, you know, whatever, there's something for everyone. Yeah. But I think that Catholicism gives a really good, a really good solid foundation to children. And, uh, you know, I, I would recommend to anyone, yeah, yeah. Uh, raise your children Catholic. Oh, yeah. And to make, you know, make the first confession and the first, something, something so beautiful, especially when they, when they make their first communion. Yeah. Well, it, I, it, Cute, so. well, I well I do remember my first communion and it's um 
I remember, so I told this story to my mom in like 2017. It took me 20 years to tell this story. And I'm a very open person. I mean, I talk about my brother's suicide. I talk about meditation. I talk about, you know, I was very, very Catholic up until about 15. Then I was an atheist for like five years. Then I was an agnostic for like five years. And now I've kind of found my way, not into necessarily strict Roman Catholicism, but no, some but form of... Done, I'm going to tell you what you've done. You have found the kingdom of God within. Oh. You have found God where he really is. And he's not out there in the cathedral or in the church or anywhere else. He's in here. That's beautiful. So that's where it is. It, it took 30 years, but I, I've kind of found my... It actually started... I had him on two days ago, but I had him on a couple months ago as well. Charlie Duke, the 10th man to walk on the moon. He was the uh-huh. youngest man to walk on the moon. He's, I believe, 89 now. Sharp yeah. as attack. You wouldn't know he's 89. If you just listen to him, you'd think he's like 30, right? Yeah. It's, but I remember talking to him, and it was, um, and because he talked about in a lot of his interviews, the, what no one really ever talked about, and it was the kind of crushing, uh, nihilism, maybe, um, uh, pointlessness after you come back from the moon, because like, you, I mean, literally and figuratively, you've climbed the highest rung, right? It's, you know, Air Force pilots, the first to break the sound barrier, the first to break Mach 2, the first to break 100,000 feet altitude. I mean, he went to the moon, and then he came back, and he was like, what else is there to do? Like, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I've immortalized my foot, again, literally, walking on the moon, you've immortalized your footsteps. There's no atmosphere. But the point is, is he came back, and he worked for NASA for a little longer, kind of helped the preliminary designs of the space shuttle, but was like, hey, you know, this isn't this isn't where my heart is. He actually worked for Coors in uh, distributing uh, alcohol. And he's like, but he found, per his words in one of his interviews, is um, he found that he was drinking too much, that he was being a very uh, strict father, a harsh father. He was like, why? You know, he wanted them to be perfect like he was. I mean, you had to be the best of the best of the best to go to the moon, right? And, it, you know, any time they fell short, it was, you know, he a very bad father. I would get angry with them. And finally, he said he he, he found his faith again. And it's and he, he even said it. He even said it. I had him on two days ago for the second time. He was kind of laughing when he said it. He goes, you know, it was great walking on the moon, but it doesn't compare with walking with Christ. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. But so when we spoke two months ago, about three months ago, I remember emailing him uh, beforehand and then we talked during it and I was like, sometimes I'm scared that, you know, what if this podcast takes off? What if I become the next Joe Rogan? What if I get everything I've ever desired? I get all the money. I can do whatever I want. What happens if I do all of that and then it's still empty inside? I was like, well, here's here's the deal. You need to manifest that for the good. Look what you could do. Hmm. If I were talking to you now and you were at that level, you'd say to me, don't worry about Mr. Vin. I'll set him up in a new restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Look, so so this is this is the great that, you know, when you walk in that light, uh, that's what your life is all about. You know, giving and helping, and of course, you you have to have discernment and and, and know exactly what you're doing. But uh, don't put those, don't put that wall there. Hmm. Or you, I'm I'm talking to you. Open it up. Yeah, see, 
bring it on, you know, I'm going to do wonderful things. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I, I do have plans about, I've spoken about it extensively on this podcast of when I do make a ton of money on this podcast, what I want to do is I want to, I want to create a sea change in mental health research. Uh, that's yeah. what I, that's the footprints I want to leave in this world is I want, you know, you can't, I've found in my life, like you can't fix the whole world, choose something, work towards it and leave the world a little better than you found it. Exactly. You, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to fix it all. Choose yeah. something, right? There's someone out there that they're like, I'm going to invent air conditioning. And yeah. they did. And it was like, hey, yeah. great. You didn't cure cancer, but hey, you did your little part. You, you invented air conditioning. Exactly. Well, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's like me, Virginia Winford Trump. Well, you know, uh, by myself, I can't save this country. But, you know, uh, we each one of us is that little spark of light. Mm-hmm. And we put it all together and it becomes a huge light. Yeah. And, so, so we we can we can make it we can make a difference. We, we can. really can. Back to the moon. I once had um, when I was in Singapore. I had dinner with um, a set. I said Pete Conrad at dinner. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I'm not I'm not even unique. You've talked to someone too. <laughs> he um, unfortunately died in a Harley accident in Florida. Yeah. So he died a little too a little too soon. Mm. That's that's yeah. It's, um, excuse me. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, change the world, little something, something. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about uh, changing the world, and you you said yeah on the mental health side. Oh, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's so kind of with all of that with you know i've kind of so i've turned so i started meditating in 2008 and i did it every day i stopped for like two years after my brother died i just wasn't in a literally wasn't in a good headspace picked it up again been at it ever since and i love it it's the best thing about my day it keeps me grounded um Mm -hmm. but i mean there was this like uh there's this ironic sort of duality or contradictoriness of where i was pre-med i was all about scientific materialism and reductionism it's nothing but cold matter bumping around the universe there is no god there's no nothing and then i would sit down and meditate and have these beautiful experiences of where i went in and i found just indescribable peace completely sober indescribable peace contentness unity when you're in that moment of where it, the world disappears and i talked to dr evan alexander about this the harvard neurosurgeon who wrote the book proof of heaven when you're in that moment the only thing you can think at least for me is like if everyone experienced this like we'd have world peace tomorrow but then i would come back down and then go right back to scientific materialism there is no god it was this very odd irony right it'd be so i would do that and then for years as I kind of, like I said, slowly found my way back to um, God through, I mean, I would say through Charlie Duke, who really helped me just kind of, you know, he sends me emails all the time about, you know, prayers and kind of how to guide it. And I found that they're not, they, they're not, you don't have to have one or the other. You can have this meditation, mysticism, spirituality, kind of psychedelic vibe, but that doesn't, you can that can also work with God, and to me, it's I've woven them together now. God. See that 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 is God. Yes, that is 
God at a, at a higher dimension. And a lot of Christians are afraid of it because they think, oh, that's New Age that's stuff. That's hippie, yeah, that's, yeah. But, you know, you can find a little, you can find a kernel of truth in everything. And a lot of the uh, New Age stuff, have you ever... Uh, we keep diverting. I think no, we're going no. to hours. <laughs> no, no. This is this is my favorite kind of podcast where it's just you just wind it up and let it run. Who cares what uh, happens? Okay, can you read this? The, the, have you ever read this book? You told me about it's, it when we spoke. In uh, time in with tune, the, yeah, in tune with the infinite by uh, Ralph Waldo Trine. I did write it down when we spoke on the phone. Yes, you got to read this book. Okay. And this and this um, this just this brings you. This is all Christ centered, because um, you know uh, Christ came, uh, Jesus came to show us the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing to be scared of, because when your heart is that closer relationship and understand that at oneness with God. And, you know, uh, um, he told us greater, uh, greater things can, uh, can we do than he did. And uh, the Father and I are one, and I am one with the Father, and so we're all in this together. So then, you know, if you, okay, so we're up there, we're at one with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and Hey, let it go. Let it let it rip. Get whatever you. I, I wish I wish I had known this fifty years ago. Yeah, I, I, I had my very. I, I had always. I've always been spiritual, but for, uh, and for me, it's been growth, growth, growth all the way. And um, and I'm, I have a long ways to go yet. I'm sure nobody ever really gets gets there but to find it at a young age is to find that kind of spirituality at a young age is very it's it's very lucky very very lucky and so you see how we've gone from politics to spirituality because they're intertwined they absolutely are and if we don't intertwine them that's where we fall off the cliff hmm. that's why we've had communism in all of these other countries because the biggest enemy of communism is god it absolutely is it's other way you know to god away they the um my house is filled with um chinese antiques because of my uh, background and but many of them are, are pieces that were um they destroyed everything you you can and then you see happening in this country the destroying our our monuments our statues it's all one and the same yeah control it's, the past destroy the past erase the past destroy the past then you can reinvent it well yeah right that's that song rage from rage against the machine uh, yeah. Who controls the past now controls the future. Who controls who controls the future now controls the past. Who controls the present now controls the future. But it's all you control the past. You control the present. You control the future. You say what is. Yes, but the one the uh, the one thing that encourages me is I mean there are young people like you, my twenty year old grandson, and and so many. And uh, whenever I go to CPAC, it's filled with young conservative people um this year it's not here in the dc area where it normally is because of the covid restrictions uh, uh, with regard to numbers it's in orlando and i thought uh, 
I, I'll, I'll skip it this year. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody has the answers that I want to hear, uh, you know, uh, by the end of this month. So, um, uh, so I'll skip it. But it's um, it's a wonderful thing when you combine both, and I guess that's what conservatism is all about: mm. keeping is, keeping you, God in yeah, the picture, you, right? Yeah, you can't you can't separate the two, right? It's yep. it's. I think it was Terence McKenna said, uh, "Our uh, what is it? Uh, our inventions are the condensation of our imagination." So it's like we have these thoughts and then they condense from these ethereal I'm gonna, you know, I'm I like this idea of a wheel and then the wheel is in reality and it's I kind of or I think Duncan Trussell said it. He was like it seems that there is like a it's almost like if you took a uh, like a bowling ball and uh rolled it down like a muddy hill it it leaves a path and then what does it also do though if you're visualizing it right it kind of spits stuff up on either side think of a snow plow it pushes everything to the side he was like it seems like there's this force you could say the snow is time the force is the snow plow and it's pushing through time and what it does is it condenses these things on the side and that's our reality and depending on what the force is is the force communism is the force freedom is the force love is the force fear what condenses on the sides are proxies of our side effects or condensations of that driving force. So when the driving force is freedom, natural law, God, it's within whatever God it is. That's that you created. Yes. And because we we create our, our reality. And, and, and yes, we, we all, particularly in these two weeks, I don't think anyone could uh, not have at some moments when they've felt down and out crisis and, of faith yeah, yeah but we we have to we have to rise up because um you you know if we if we stay at that level then that's where we will we will, stay. will we, stay but yeah your your thoughts count your words count your actions and um i always say that a lot of people pray, oh, pray, oh, dear God, please do this, please do this. He's not up there pulling strings. Yeah. No. We're his instruments on this earth. He you needs are, us. You are the string, right? You are the... Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, when we walk with, with him and with his guidance, then we can have success in whatever it is that we were do or, or, or we want. But so many, I mean, President Trump, I don't think ever in history were so many people praying for him. Mm. But who am I? People will say, who does she think she is? But I, in my opinion, so many were praying the wrong way because they were praying for, please, 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 God. Please do this. Please do this. Oh my gosh! I spent so many, so many hours, you know. And I'm thinking, you ask him once, he hears you. You know, don't annoy him. <laughs> don't be clingy, right? Text him once. <laughs> but but I mean, if you believe everything that we've been taught and everything that we read in Scripture, you don't have to beg him. 
you don't have to beg, but you have to be, you have to be his soldier, his warrior, his instrument, whatever you want to call it. You have to be the one that, that, that pushes his will forward in this world. That's mm. the best way that I can articulate yeah. this. Yeah, it's, and I love what you said earlier about, you know, instead of being uh, manifesting, saying thank you. Um, a guy I've had on this podcast several times is Dale Comstock, who is the youngest member ever of Delta Force. Uh, I mean, is as American as, I mean, he's a G.I. Joe. I think he's 57 now. Still could, you know, outperform any 20-year-old. Um, but he's this guy who you would look at, right? And he's a guy who's never smoked pot, you know, clean cut, just, you know, American I mean, again, G.I. Joe, almost like a Superman, Captain America type figure, right? He's the guy that you'd look at and you'd be like, this isn't a guy that isn't is into meditation or spiritualism, right? He's a very, you know, action, you know, action creates uh, reward or results. But I remember reading his book and it's, his book is called American Badass. And it's a it's a nickname he got on a game show. But I remember reading his book before I had him on for the first time in March of last year. He's been on like 50 times since then um but he talked about in his book the importance of meditating on your goals and succeeding in those goals and how they were not only that how they were actually taught uh when being trained to be in delta force to visualize success and then most importantly and this is where i want to bring it back to you is he said that don't say don't you know it's a good step to start meditating and visualizing for whatever then that's a good first step but he's like the step you have to take after that is you don't look at it and say um i want a you know i i'm focusing on a bigger podcast i'm focusing on a bigger women for trump i'm focusing on whatever it is i'm focusing on a bigger women for biden whatever it is that your goal is is you don't say I will get that. I will achieve that. He was like, what they were taught and then what he teaches is to say you already have it, to feel it in the here and now. So when he was training to be like a, the best shooter, is he was like, I didn't think I'm going to be the best shooter. He would imagine that he already is. He was like, imagine what it feels like to get the gold medal. Imagine what it feels like to get the accolades. Imagine the pride in that. And he teaches that. And I, I always point to him because he's the least mystic, new age person on the planet. And he talks right. about that. And I thought it was interesting that you brought that up instead of. Well, yes. And, you know, you always get it. You know, if everything that you are doing and you want to achieve uh, in this world, if it's coming from a God-centered place, it's if it's coming from uh, goodness, if it's coming from a desire to uh, to be a positive force in this world, um, then that's God's will. So just go for it. Mm. Thank you, God. I've you know I'm manifesting it right here and now, and and I have it, and like you know you visualize it or whatever, and and go with it. But I think uh, again, uh, um, caution because um, some people get there and then they abuse it. Mm. But that's that's life. Yeah. Is so. I was going to say earlier when you talked about the last two weeks, kind of a, a crisis of faith. I thought about what uh, what Ram Dass said. He said, uh, the dark night of the soul. 
and it's something apparently it's one of like the steps in Buddhist enlightenment. But um, but he he says it's a he says it's when it's when you start to wake up, and then it seems like all is lost. And what you do is you try to go back to sleep. And he said there's two things. There's the phony holy, that's the holy man that actually isn't holy, and then there's the phony unholy, and that's like. So the phony holy would be like me saying I'm the best football player ever. And it's like, no, you're not. The phony unholy would be someone like Tom Brady saying I'm not the best quarterback ever. And everyone's like, yeah, you are. He was like, once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep. You can try and you can get kind of close, but you can't go back to sleep. You can't go whatever politics is. Maybe that's just not my thing. I'm just going to play video games. He's like, you can never forget what you saw. And to me, that's kind of where I am right now. Like I watched in real time on November third. I watched the election go one way, literally pause, and then reverse. And I can. Part of yeah. me has admittedly, I've pretended to just forget that. I've gone whatever. Biden's the president. I'm just going to work on my podcast. Try to be a better person. But like, I can't ignore. You can't ignore it. I it's can't not. It's it. not it ever was before it, like we we made the analogy with okay with your guy Ronnie loses okay all right okay we're going to survive this you know yeah. we, we'd have four years of him take, take one on the chin and <laughs> yeah, then we ended up having eight but wow sure. then we had the we had the victory and then we had this man whom i believe god called and he answered the call to you know to give up his life to give up everything people don't stop and focus on what he gave up the sacrifice that he has made and it's it's done he has made those sacrifices his life will never be the same he can never go back to just being um the big celebrity donald trump uh, you know with freedom wherever he went he can never be free again mm. he can never walk down the street again he can never walk into a store again he's got to be surrounded with uh, um, bodyguards in a big way uh, you know, quite honestly, Clinton could walk around anywhere he wants. Nobody cares, you know. But no, um, this man, uh, uh, you know, has a um, bullseye on him for mm. from now until the end of his life. And uh, uh, he uh, he came in and he promised certain things and he kept his promises to the best of his ability. And... Uh, the, the, he had to deal with all of the, the lies that were put out there. And when they couldn't talk about anything else, they talked about his hair. Who cares? They talked about the, you know, the too much time maybe in the tanning salon or the makeup was wrong. Or, yeah. you, you know, and what used to, you know, if you travel and you hear and, and, and you hear, oh, can't stand him. He's this, blah, blah, blah. Why? Why? And uh, why? Okay, tell me what he said about Mexicans. Oh, he said they're all this. No, actually, I was on a um, on a show in Ireland, and it was the, the the premier weekly show. And I said, go back and listen. He said he he said, firstly, illegal immigration is illegal. Do you understand the word illegal? Right? We are entitled to have our borders. Secondly, he said, some are murderers, some are racist, and some are good people. 
all three are correct. What is wrong with that? No, they mean, oh, no, 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 he's, he's a racist, he's a this, he's a that. See, they don't listen, they take the soundbite that has been manipulated by the liberal media and woven into the big lie that they repeat over and over and over and over again. And it's almost at the point now where I'm not even sure I can put my foot in Ireland again because they all think I'm some kind of nutcase simply because I look at I look at the issues I study it I'm not not one of us is blind as to the uh, human frailty of anybody else and who is perfect I mean we all thought Romney was perfect he's the closest that we could ever get to the perfect man he's a disaster what would he have done for the country who knows yeah. Finally, you're beginning to um, get the, the 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 drift that I don't like Romney very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right, but there's also there's the the contradictory nature of like, you know, when uh, Trump put his uh, his ban on not Muslim countries on uh, countries that have hotbeds of terrorism. But no one ever brought up was the list of the countries. I believe it was seven countries. Mm-hmm. That list was created by the. Is the, is, the, is the biggest, the largest Muslim country in the world. There was no ban against people from in, Indonesia. It was against people who might hurt our country, protecting us. Yeah, the list of nations that he did the travel ban against yeah. was created by the Obama administration State Department. Exactly. That never gets brought up. And what he did with uh, with China and you know the balance of trade. Ben. I mean, look at the prosperity that we that we had. Yeah, remember when he started banning flights from China in January 2020, and they all said he was a racist. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. said, "No, this is the coronavirus." Yeah, no one cared. So it's so that's kind of how I look at it. Is it's like this is the dark night of the soul where it's. It seems like all is lost, and I don't claim to know how things will get better, but I do believe they will. I don't, I just, again, I don't see any benefit in thinking that it's all shit. No, we're in a, like, you know, um, um, it's like we're in in a tunnel. We're in that dark tunnel, Mm -hmm. but there's a light at the end of it, you know? There is, and maybe there's a couple turns between now and then, and so we can't see it yet, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, my uncle used to say it's a long road that had no turnings. Now I don't know if that means to any anything to anyone other than an Irish person. But I think you get it. <laughs> I love, road. I love it. Yeah, Miss Short, let's um let's wrap this episode up. I would love to have you on again. Sure. This was mm-hmm. super fun. I'll text you after this. I would love to have you on again. Please send me that GoFundMe link for um. Yes, yes, I will do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, just, I mean, $5, if you can afford $5, I think most people can, if we could get that, get the multiple effect going, that would be absolutely um, uh, tremendous. And uh, I will also then, uh, we'll talk about a list of people that would be interesting for you to have, and uh, we'll work on that. That would be amazing. Thank and we'll, you. Make your, we'll make your podcast great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm so excited to, if I, you can get any of those people, that would be amazing. Oh, I get all of them, yeah. <sighs> Don't play with my heart. Ooh.
Yeah, don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. We'll do it. Thank you okay. so much for coming on. This was this is my favorite type of podcast where we start one way and we go into a trillion different directions. That, I love that. That's my favorite because it's it's natural. That's organic. None of this was scripted. None of this was right. Hey, all, all we're missing is the tea and Irish soda bread, right? I know, right? <laughs> well, maybe next, yeah, and yeah, and then a couple of gallons of beer, right? That's that's the real. <laughs> that's they might have to. People would stop I, I, listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably the only Irish person you'll ever meet who doesn't drink. I don't drink. <laughs> You don't no, that. I was saying that as kind of a joke. No, I don't drink. Yeah. Don't need it. Thomas so, Patrick okay, Carey. Tommy, yeah. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. I look forward to the next time and we'll uh, stay in close touch. Yes, yes, please. And, I'll, uh, send, I'll send you the link when it's up. It'll probably be up tonight or tomorrow morning. I'll send you the link. I'll put the GoFundMe link in. Yeah. I will text you sometime today. And yes, please, let's work on that list of people. Oh, on. One nation under God. One nation under God. Yes, ma'am. God bless America. Thank you so okay. much for coming on, Ms. Short. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.